This is 15 Minutes of Freedom. I'm your host, Ryan Idell, and today's episode is with my wife, Lindsay. Hi. Hello. In today's episode, we're going to discuss all the crazy-ass business meetings I bring you to <laughs> and the interaction with the random people I bring into your life. <laughs> uh, and everybody can tell from my reaction, once again, I have no idea what we're going to talk about until we sit down. But let the record show that the last couple of weeks have been my topics, ideas, because you looked at me and said, what are we going to talk about today? I didn't know this was a, a was a was a pissing contest back it and forth. It totally is. With who who has more episodes under their belt? Well, I was winning for the last couple of weeks. You were winning. Okay, <laughs> all right, fair. I, I suppose then I would be losing by the nature of that conversation. But in this, you have been incredibly supportive from all the random things that I throw you into. Well, thank you. Yes, I have to be right. That's kind of my role as your partner. I, it's a role that you're accepting or that you're choosing to step into. You certainly wouldn't have to, and not even as a fact of like not to be my partner. But like this past weekend, I had the team from Code in town, mm-hmm. the Comprehensive Operational Design Evaluation that the group from a combination of, gosh, Harvard and John Hopkins, and it's a very eclectic group of individuals. I mean, these are these are high functioning, brilliant. People. Yeah, very intelligent people from all over the place, right? They came in from a couple of different areas. Yeah, we have Miami, we have Boston, we had basically Chicago. Yep. Like people from all over the place were here. And in that, like, of course, I tell you, hey, I think it was a, a week earlier, you know, I have a group of individuals come in town, basically what could be or are business partners. Mm-hmm. They're going to come in town over a weekend. Now, over a weekend is always unique because. Number one, my coaching clients take precedence. Really, like my, my weeks are now framed around coaching clients and then date nights and then everything else I can possibly squeeze in, like in the other times, <laughs> are kind of how I live my life at this point. Like yeah, that, that's kind my of. commitment. It's been a it's been since you started the one of seven and the more coaching people that have come on board, it's been a little different dynamic because you are constantly working and there's times where you're home and Gianna's already in bed and you leave and she's still in bed and she doesn't see you or maybe I see you for an hour or two and then of course you don't get any personal space or time for yourself so it's been quite unique so when you say you have something going on on the weekend I'm like oh boy here we go you have no reset time so I want to I want to poke at you for a second because that's fucked up you say I just started working like I haven't been working over no. the past four years. Like I just, oh my God, I just hang out an and, have, and have so much free time. <laughs> like you know, my, my husband basically just started working. So he, just he just picked works up a job now. No, what I mean is, you your hours are different and they're longer than they typically were. You were still working. And this is not to take away from your work throat. Don't let me, you know, your fragile ego here. It's okay. My ego is not fragile anymore. Uh-huh. I took the code test. I know exactly who I am. That's right. I took the code test too. I don't remember anything about ego. I, feel, I don't feel like I have a very big one. I could be wrong. <laughs> is, is it not true? I'm, Did I'm, I have a big I'm sorry one? for the, how that would have sounded in your in your ear as I just, I don't even know, I scoff, I snorted. One. I don't remember. You maxed out the score on ego. The, the, how you yes, view yourself is so phenomenally high. Yes, yeah, I really like who I am. I'm very comfortable with who I am. So you know, it makes me have a big ego. Then so be it. A very, I'm the shit. yeah, I was to say a very inflated <laughs> version of self worth, which can be good and bad, That's but it exists. Up. But anyway, I don't mean that that you did not, you were not working. It's just you are now working till eight thirty or nine at night instead of being home at. Well, that's only 630. partially true. Like, so 
a lot of this, I think, from how I view it, is currently I'm a lot more regimented. Like we used to go to the gym in the morning. I box, like I have said many times, and I would meet you at Lifetime and we'd work out. Yeah. Then if we, you know, sat around and had breakfast there and BS for a while, and if I walked out of the gym at 11, it didn't really matter because when I got to the office, like it was just work time. Mm-hmm. But now almost every day my clients start in between 9.30 and 10. Yeah. So I am scrambling. Like when I get to the gym, it's go time. It's it's serious time. I shower and I'm, my days progress and begin. Now on the backside of that, fully defending my own position, I, I realize this in this moment. Yeah. What happens is two days a week. So we have Gianna starting Tuesday. Tuesday through Sunday. Yep. Sometimes. Every other week. we Every other weekend she's with her dad. Goes to her dad's house. Yeah. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, there's a standing appointment that Lindsay and Gianna have where they ride horses together. Yep, that's Lessons. our that, yeah, that's that's mom, girl time. That's mom and daughter time. Yep. And on Tuesdays specifically, their lessons have been catered in a way that they don't get home until at least 8 p.m. Yes. So for me, with how I am currently wired and how my brain works, when we quote unquote stop working, which is literally never really what we stop, but 6 o'clock, 6.30, it's like, all right, the pressure's off. I'm not going to scramble and run home to sit by myself in our house when there's tons of (laughs) shit I have to do here. Like, there's a lot of stuff I do every day. Yeah, we've worked on that. Like, we're not home at eight o'clock. I kind of move some things around so that we can be home and seven thirty. Of course, yes, seven thirty on Tuesday. On Tuesdays, nope. Mm -mm. Mm. Yep. On Thursdays, we've done a better job. We were home last night at six forty-five. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm I'm stating facts, and then on Wednesdays, Gianna has gymnastics. Gymnastics from yeah. 4.45. 4.45. Yeah, we have something every night during the week except for Fridays. Yes. And then yeah. so a lot of this me not getting home is because I don't feel the pressure to run home on Tuesdays and Thursdays when you guys aren't going to be home anyways. Yeah. And so by the nature of my poor time management skills and caring a lot <laughs> about what I'm building and doing, I'm not home. I should be home by 6.50 so that when you ladies get home that I'm there waiting with open arms. That's right. But I'm hardly ever doing it. <laughs> Never. <laughs> no. So... All of that is a huge setup for the fact that, as I shared with Lindsay, that the team from Code is coming into town and it's a weekend, there's this look of dismay, chagrin. What would you say that? It wasn't like you weren't upset people were coming to town. It was just kind of like, man, the weekends are our time. Yeah, the weekends are our time. The week is eaten enough alive by all of our activities, all of your stuff, all of our combined stuff together. And then also because... I know, I recognize in you when you don't get a break and don't get a reset and then you just keep rolling into the next week and then it affects you and then it affects everything around you and then it affects us and then it affects our home life when you don't get any downtime. So my look of dismay was not from meeting new people or having new things come about. It was, oh man, he's just going to keep going because this weekend now you're going to Dallas and I'm by myself. So it's then two weekends in a row that you don't get any break and then we don't get any time together. Huh. No, that's right. I mean, you're exactly <laughs> right. And then, yeah. so all this is a big setup for the fact that I get to have these people in town. I've had multiple phone conversations and Skype conversations and all types of things with the team from Code over the past, I'll say, month, six weeks. Mm-hmm. But first time face to face. So I come to town really basically, I'll say, Saturday morning. So we had plans to meet at the office and we meet and it's intense. It's intense because the level of intellect in the room at that point, I realize that I'm intelligent. Like I don't have to run from that. Like yeah. my, my oh, yeah. intellectual score smart. is high. But when compared to the intellectual capability of the individuals in this room, 
I was the low man on the totem pole. Like I was, sure, I was a in, neophyte in that arena. When, yeah, in the a, subject that they were talking about, which was neurophysics, right? Uh, neuroplasticity and psychology, okay. things like that, of course. But I'm only setting that up because the conversations become more taxing when they don't flow so freely for me because I'm having to actively try to make sure that I understand what's going on. Right. Like it's not like a relaxed hanging out with a couple of guys, feedback up on the table, just BSing. <laughs> like yeah. it's conversation, it's negotiation, it's coming up with points of equity. Like we had a lot of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. But then Saturday night comes around and I want to make sure to have time with you and Gianna as well. Yeah. As G put it, uh, why do we have to go to dinner again? Because she knew we were going to dinner with you. But then I said, like, you know, some of your business partners were going to be joining. She goes, well, then why do we have to go? She goes, wait, he probably wants to show us off to, you know, his people, show off his family. I said, he absolutely does. Like, he's proud of us. And so she was she's all about it. She's a a wickedly intelligent young lady. It's great. So, yes, I did want to show you off, and I did show you off. But in that, I I certainly take for granted that I now have weeks of time with these people and definitely the past, at that point, nine hours of consistent communication. Yeah, you were gone all day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so we meet you at a restaurant at, I think it's 8 o'clock or so, give or take, 8.30. And just kind of thrown into the mix. Like you don't know anything about these people. Nothing. There's it's it's certainly a unique dichotomy of individuals, again, from intellectual standings and socioeconomic backgrounds and name something. There couldn't be a more, you know, melting pot of Oh, for sure. Of people at the table. And you we just I just throw you into stuff like that. And I probably take for granted what that's like on your side, because as we reverse it, there's only been a handful of times where it has been reversed, and that's primarily been around social circles. It hasn't been really work people. Like back when you were in, in the veterinary arena, I certainly came into your yeah. work often, but it wasn't like sitting down with people for dinner for no. two and a half hours. Yeah, yeah. You just kind of swung by to say hello or whatever. If I was on call that day, you wouldn't see me type thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's what's that like for you? How does that feel for you when you're – thrown into that. I've never asked you this before. So honestly, I was prepped for this as a child. My dad was a politician and he worked for the city and the state for his entire career in politics and zoning and planning and department of transportation and public utilities and all that. So in that, my dad traveled a lot when we were younger. My mom stayed home with us and my dad was always off to somewhere within the U.S. and outside of it. But he was always very strict about how Michael and I were supposed to act in those kind of settings because my father, very much like Gianna said, liked to show off his family. Um, So if he had business partners or people or meetings, whether it be with the mayor or some big ambassador from China, pick something, we would have to go. Now, I was the older one, so I was expected to for example, if it was, um, you know, one of his business partners from China, I was expected to know their culture about dinner etiquette and shoes and sitting on the floor and all that kind of stuff. And I was expected to have manners and please and thank you and all the things. Um, and I was prepped for that. So I was thrown into those situations as a small child. And I think the first time I can remember it, I was probably about six years old. And so for you to throw me into all the craziness over the years that you have, is it doesn't phase me because I've been used to it. I, w- I was expected to, I don't know, speak when spoken to, speak up politely, you know, voice my opinion, make sure I was heard, but not 
overly so. I, I just, I don't know, I was prepped for it. I've always been that way. So maybe I'm the wrong person to ask because I don't think a lot of people have those experiences. Um, but I was just very much expected to behave and sit up and elbows off the table and just old school Italian style. If not, I got whacked with a wooden spoon. It's <laughs> fair. I mean, I'd whack you with a wooden spoon too sometimes. That's right, but not in the same <laughs> way. Man, well, I wasn't trying to go dirty style with it. But <laughs> in, in saying that, you said you don't know if you're, you're the right person to ask for this. You're the only person I'm going to ask for this. Well, like, I, I don't that, have somebody else I'm well, going to ask I, if they like I going to dinner with I understand that me. part. But I think, like, if if you're listening to this and you're a, you're a spouse of somebody who throws you into those situations, maybe you don't have a background where you were always thrown into things with random people and expect to hold conversations and be polite and act appropriately. And my mother would always say, like, you have to have class. <laughs> like, it's been a thing my whole life. What happened so, there, then? Man, that's... I was going to say effed up, but then that's not very classy. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> almost got you. Oh, almost. almost. So it's great that you're prepared for it, but what I'm really asking, like, how do you feel? Like, is it just a neutral thing for you? Because the, the feelings of this matter. Because I never, I literally, up until this never moment, me this. have never asked it or even really selfishly, I've never considered it because it's not really I know. an option to me. Like, mm-hmm. I'm certainly not going to, like, just say, like, yeah, I have a, a wife and a daughter and then not bring you around. Yeah. And I'm not going to not talk about you. I mean, this weekend, this past weekend, is just like the tip of the iceberg, right? I've been to business meetings all over the place, thrown me into all kinds of stuff, Salt Lake City and Sundance Film Festival. And then we went to Chicago a couple of times. And when you're in the suit business, just random meetings here and there. And I just have to kind of go with it if I want to see you. But as far as how I feel about it, at first it's always interesting. I'm always like, okay. These are new people. I can acquire new things from them. I always like to hear people's story. I like people for the most part. Some people really get on my last nerve. But I can gather new experiences and information. So that's the first thing, I think. Then as I start to gather things from whoever we're sitting with, I'm an empath. So it's like, okay, this energy is going to be fine for a couple hours for dinner. Or, oh, my God, get me out of here. This is not happening. Like, I've had enough. And that could be within the first five minutes or the first two hours, and then I'm done. So initially, I'm cool. I'm excited. When it starts to go on for two to three hours, I get over it pretty quickly because it's usually things that don't involve me, that I don't care about, and the people's energy are usually to the point where I'm just like, I can't take your space any longer. That's interesting because every dinner or business meeting I go to is at least two or three hours. For sure. Huh. For sure. So every time you get burnt out towards the end, that's, that's good to know. Yes. Every time I get burnt out towards the end and, um, you know, especially we, we had G this past time. And so for her as an eight-year-old sitting at a table with all of these super intelligent people talking about higher consciousness and the code and all these crazy things, she's just like, what in the hell is going on to the point where she ate dinner and she answered questions and said a few things and then she was like laid down in my lap like I've had enough of this. She also had a pizookie and like was in a sugar coma. Like <laughs> she she was done. She was an active participant for a lot of the conversation as it pertained to what she was doing in school and it wasn't like she was on an island. No, no, no. And they asked her questions and did word puzzles with her and that kind of stuff. And that part was great. But, you know, she got burned out towards the end, too. I think everybody was burned out towards the end. You guys have been working for like eight or nine hours and then still talking at dinner until 10 o'clock. 12 
12 total hours that day. That was 12 hours? Yeah. Oh. That's all right. So, what, what, and all the traveling we've done as it pertains to business, what's the favorite, what's your, what's your best memory? I always like Sundance every year. That was my favorite. I love it out there because mm-hmm. we would go out there when you were doing the suit stuff. Yeah. Cool people. The vibe is cool out there. It's a beautiful place. Um, it's what, end of January? Mm-hmm. So, really beautiful snow and mountains and all that other kind of stuff which january here in columbus is dreary and cold and miserable at least in park city it was sunny but snowy and it's just it's beautiful out there that was always my favorite interesting i would not have guessed that really no what would you have said california california though i i look at is somewhere that you and i go like as part of our thing i never looked at that from a business standpoint the first time we went out there two or three years ago probably three years ago now and stayed at that beach house when Mm -hmm. you were doing the suit thing and took friends with us i felt that was more of a vacation because i didn't have to go to any of the business stuff with you so that that doesn't you're super grumpopotamus that trip i was so mad at you because i kept having to go do work because because we were with two other couples and so i was the only singleton and they were off like doing vacation stuff and i'm like fuck this i'm sitting here by myself like was that miss class i know (laughs) man (laughs) (laughs) that's right i have always had a bad mouth my mother still yells at me for that and i'm 36 years old Mm -hmm. yep but that that was that trip i was a little grumpy about that because i didn't get to see you much and i'm selfish with my time with you that's right so what's your least favorite trip then Oh, least favorite trip. I don't know. I don't know that I have a least favorite trip. Man, you're just... Hold on. Give me a second. I'm so much better at this game than you are. Well, you also know what we're talking about before we sit down. But I think that the least favorite trip was probably driving to Chicago. I liked Chicago, but then we we went to somebody's house. With in like their mother's house and sat there for hours while you were doing stuff and his wife was like trying to figure out other stuff man I can't remember his name it was for the suit stuff and we had driven the car for like it took us a long time because there was weather and Chicago wasn't like we sat outside the city trying to get into the city for hours only to find out we had to turn around and drive back outside the city to go to Darian's house yeah okay and it was just hours and the house was so hot and we were (laughs) sweating and it was miserable and I'm like this is terrible and we ended up just being in Chicago in the city for like three hours and then we turned around and drove home another seven hours so I would I remember that and I can see that I would have guessed some of the early mornings where we would have driven in New York City the New York City thing didn't bother me as much because one we had a blast when we got to New York City and two the time we drove through the night, I slept until, I don't know, 5.30, 6 in the morning. And we took G with us. That was when we went. It was February. Mm-hmm. And we drove overnight. We left. And you, like, I'm sure that was miserable for you. But G and I slept. We were good. Yeah, <laughs> We had a great time in New York City. I don't really love New York City. So I probably. I love New I York City. Probably yeah. wasn't my thing. Love that place. And we it was um because it was early January or something, they still had all the. They didn't have Christmas stuff up, but all the light stuff, they had taken down the tree. But we did, like, Rockefeller Center with her and ice skating and Central Park. And that was, we, we saw the tree. That was Christmas time. Yeah. We, oh, that's right. We did see the tree. Yeah, you got your time to mess up. That that time we, we went for just for a trip. Yeah, we've been to New York a couple times now. 
but we drove both times. G and I flew back because I didn't want to drive that again. Yeah, it's atrocious what, <laughs> I, what I get put through. So what, what advice would you have then, sweetheart, for other spouses or girlfriends? It could even be boyfriends that get drug along to business meetings, like so, dinners, things like that. Like, what do you do? I mean, in the grand scheme of it, you only have to put up with it for a couple of hours. So you put on your best face and a nice smile and you be polite and you suck it up because it's for the betterment of your family. You have to be there as a support system. Barring some kind of illness, I don't see any reason reason why you back out. Most people are intelligent enough to sit and have a conversation about everyday stuff. You don't have to talk about the business stuff because that's probably not your area, right? It certainly wasn't mine. But, you know, suck it up for a couple of hours. It's going to be fine because in turn, you would want your partner to do that for you. I know that I've drugged you to the barn and parties and horse shows and all kinds of things that like you don't want my family stuff that maybe you don't want to do. My family stuff's a little different because I think that's been better now. But you know, we get together and just like sit around at my parents' house and shoot the shit for five hours. And you're like, man, I can't do this. But time out. I got, I got it. Let me, let me make sure I say this for what it really is. For those of you that aren't a extended family member of an Italian based family. Uh. <laughs> yeah, that's right. See, like you just brush over it like it's normal. For those of us that come from a slightly different upbringing, when let's say it's, it's not even a holiday. So Lindsay's brother came into town a few weeks ago with his son and his wife, really just because. I think it was his birthday. It was James' birthday. No, it was Michael's birthday. Michael's birthday. Perfect. Michael's your brother. Mm -hmm. And then there's this buildup. There's this buildup because it's like this energetic force of like, you guys are all so excited to see each other, which I love. You guys love each other. You're a close-knit family. Yeah. My family, I'll bring this out again that I'm not, now I, I love my family. I'm closer with them than I've ever been before, but I certainly don't have those like, I'm. it's not like a, I'm not getting ready for Christmas morning. Like that's not exactly how it <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, well, birthdays are a big freaking deal in in our family, in an Italian family. And then we had plans because it was fall stuff, and we're gonna do pumpkin patches and cookies and baking and like, you know, cooking stuff. That, that that's how we get down. Sure, and all that stuff is fine in in theory, like as you're mapping it out. But the reality of the situation from an outsider is, it's Friday, your brother's in town. I'm making it up. Maybe it wasn't even Friday. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell the story like it was Friday. <laughs> and I'm at work, right? Because like, I work on Fridays, like just like normal people. But your brother took Friday off. No. I'm going to stop you. It was Saturday. They came in Saturday in the afternoon, like 1130 or 1230. Then it was Monday when they went home. And you were at work. Cool. Perfect. <laughs> Either way, I'm working. I got shit to do. Eventually come over, and it's just like nonstop elevated conversation not only in tone but also in volume in volume sure. in frequency of word distribution yes like you go from having normal conversations like we're having now somewhere around this you know monotone pretty simple way and then all of a sudden it's like this <laughs> and everybody's speaking faster and yeah. hitting tables yeah. and like yelling hands and like, are flying and you think we're yelling but we're not yelling no, that's you, just you, no you are though like but everybody's we don't so think we're freaking loud <laughs> It's just so loud. And you're talking about things, you're talking about people from other other st- times in life that I wasn't a part of. Yeah. And you're talking about people and past relationships. And we're talking yeah. about all this dumb stuff and people are drinking and eating yeah. bad food. And, Normal. And I'm like, man. I know there's Italian people listening that are cracking up at this right now because everybody's Italian family is like this. And you, you speak in higher frequencies and, and quicker cadence because 
you're trying to talk over the other person. And the funny thing is, is that everybody actually hears what they're saying, but they just don't like they don't digest it enough to to take a response. They just keep talking because they want their shit to be heard. Yeah, you're laughing because it's ridiculous. Like it's crazy to say it out loud. <laughs> but I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, so all this stuff goes on. And it's just the most unique thing from my perspective because I don't know the official term, but I would call myself an, an introverted extrovert. I'm great in a room, talk to anybody, have a good time, shake hands, kiss babies, do the whole deal. Like that's been my entire career. I mean, shit, I have a podcast. I talk all the time. Yeah. But if I'm around a group of people and it doesn't energetically like click right away, or if I feel like, yeah, you know, not that I'm the outsider, but just like I just sit there and I'm like, man, when is this going to be over? I know. You know, at least I don't do that when I get sucked into your shit all the time. Because you're trying to talk over everybody, even (laughs) in my groups. (laughs) Kurt's laughing. (laughs) (laughs) Kurt chuckled so hard that might make it onto the podcast. So, so even on my side, as we as I digress and get back to the main topic here, I think it's important from my standpoint to encourage the women that show up to these dinners, to these meetings, to be the exact person that your partner fell in love with. Like, I don't bring Lindsay to a dinner because I want her to be somebody different. Yeah. I fully know we're sitting down. There's going to be a time where she's far too loud. There's going to be a time where she cusses. Yeah. There's going to be a time where she tells a joke or a story about something that is completely irrelevant. And it, it's that's just how this is going to be. But that is exactly who I fell in love with. Like, yeah. I'm not expecting a different <laughs> version of Lindsay to show up at the dinner table because we're in front of people. It would almost concern me if it was like this prim and proper. And again, not that you're not, you know, full of class. I mean, you cuss, whatever, but you're certainly proper. It's just. I think in past relationships for me, there has been a disingenuous connection in front of other people because it was almost like trying to prove that people would fit together. Uh, not not relationship-wise, but for me, that doesn't. if I show up at a dinner meeting and I have an ex with me in this hypothetical conversation, the ex is trying to make sure that like, she fits. Yeah. Like, so she's either trying to be more or less than who she really is and for me, it's like, why? Like, I, if I was embarrassed to be with someone, I just wouldn't bring them to the dinner or the meeting, and then I wouldn't be with them overall. Yeah, maybe that's why my ego score is high, right? I don't, I don't ever worry about trying to fit in somewhere because I'm super secure in who I am and what I say and what I feel and how I act and talk with my hands and all. I mean, and that's taken a lot of years to to get there, but I also had a, a very supportive family that said, you know what, like own who you are. You're all right. We love you. you we think you're great. So yes, I'm going to swear at a dinner table and I'm going to talk with my hands and I almost guaranteed to probably spill or knock something over. Fair. Not all the time, but if something's going to be spilled at a table, it for sure is going to happen by my hands. Yes. <laughs> but I let like... I'm okay with that. They don't have to love me. I don't have to love them. But for those two to three hours, I'm going to be kind and be polite and just be myself. Of course. And in that time, I, I bring all that up because we have been incredibly fortunate in our lifetime to be around people that if you were to look at a simple sheet of paper, they may have had a larger social influence. Mm-hmm. They may have had a larger bank account. They certainly have had more successful businesses. Mm-hmm. And even in those times, there was no need to ever water down or be submissive to who we are. 
Correct. I mean, we've like the the social media people or the the business owners. For me, I'm thinking more of like the artificial intelligence meetings, like the first time when oh, we were yeah. out, you know, meeting this whole new subset of people that literally has access to all the, the artificial intelligence from Caltech and the Jet Propulsion Lab inside of NASA, and like literally this group of individuals that are swinging at a different ball than I'd ever even seen before. Correct. Like being around. There's no, it doesn't matter. I brought them up before. Like being around somebody like Andy Frisella, Andy and Emily, when we went over to First Form, like, yeah. they are in a massively different stratosphere at this time than we are as far as the success of their business. Sure, but they're but still just people. Of course, but it doesn't feel like for me, the first time I'm meeting with the people from, you know, NASA. Yeah, that was a little different for me too. Like, w- w- yeah, we're sitting on top of this house in Venice Beach, like it, it this secluded, like be invited into meeting. Watching some never before seen footage of something on the moon or something like that or mars or i don't know what yeah, it was it just, the rover to mars that's what it was and all of a sudden i'm like wow this is just a different place but even in that what by us being who we were or are you know i can't say well, we've, we've evolved since then of course sure but who we were then like we got invited to play with their toy yeah like but just from being who we are and like, i think that's for some reason that's just pinging a little spot with me to to make sure to address that and say that over and over again in this episode is if you were with a partner you know if you're married dating spouse whatever it is being yourself is all you can ever really be yep like having that nervous twinge in your stomach of oh gosh am i you're famous for this am i wearing the right outfit what should i wear what That's every do, woman. do these earrings yeah. go with this outfit what about jewelry what, what necklace should i wear i'm like i don't fucking care i don't <laughs> have any idea i don't i love you for, i know it's because you, you want to put your best foot forward but Really, it all comes down to just being who you are. Like, I, if you showed up to dinner in a, what you have on now, basically gym clothes. Gym clothes. I pretty much live in gym clothes. We actually made the joke the other night that it's like fancy occasion when I put some jeans on. It has been a super fancy occasion <laughs> to see you in something other than gym clothes. But it's just, it's nice to reaffirm the fact, number one, from where I sit, that you don't mind being a part of the meetings. Number two, that you actually enjoy some of them. And for me, three, that you are able to feel comfortable just being yourself. Yeah, I think everybody should at some point kind of evaluate how they feel in situations like that and look within themselves for a little bit and see what they're actually genuine about and what they're not. Because there's certainly times where I'm like, oh, you know, I should I should not say this or I should not say that. And then in my head is what I'm saying to myself. And I'm going, you know what? Just be who you are. It's OK, because I've, I know I've said this a thousand times, like when you put something out there. Whoever receives it is receiving it from whatever filter is in their world right now. Whatever they're feeling, whatever their energy is, whatever they're going through, like it passes through their filter and that's how they see things. And most of the time that has nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. So just stick to who you are and, you know, how people receive you is it's not really your concern. As long as you're true to who you are, be proud of that. That's right. You looked at the clock. Is it time to go? I mean, not for me. I have hours and hours of work left. But yes, you have to pick up Gianna. I have to pick up Gianna. It is that we are recording this on a Wednesday, and she has gymnastics at at three forty-five. I have to pick her up from school, and we are about twenty-five minutes away from school right now. So, with that being said, and my <laughs> wife being exactly who she is, talking about things that are unrelated to the actual podcast, Every which time. is very close to how our dinners go as well. <laughs> <laughs> if you can just own who you are. No matter where you're at or who you're with, especially inside of business meetings, you'll find out that you're able to get shit done.